Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. You know, I love talking about taboos and everything controversy. So today I am picking someone's brain. I have a special guest on my show, and we are going to be thinking about sex therapy. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what do you really think about when you think of sex therapy? Oh my goodness, your mind can go on and on and on, let's be honest. But Pauline, quick question, why did you join, um, why did you dive into sex therapy? What made you go into that field? That's a very long uh, answer, um, and that's actually <laughs> the number one question I get, and I've written a book, it's in there, the full story, but okay. it's not like I woke up one day and thought that's what I want to do. It was very much a journey, my own personal journey and guidance and little things just dropping in um, and then doing some trainings and and then going through a process with my girlfriend about my area of niching up. This is after I trained in neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which is working with the mindset and changing things on the subconscious level to bring about change on the conscious level. And every time I, I was going health and spiritual and personal development, every time I kept saying these things, she just kept saying, no. <laughs> she was barking at me saying, that's boring. No, 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 no. And the next thing out of my mouth came sex. And she went, that's it. You know more about sex than anybody I know. And I was a bit like, okay, I'm not sure about that. So it just took a little yeah. while and then, here I am 12, 13 years later doing it still. So, yeah. That is so funny. I mean, is that a compliment or is that an insult? That is too funny. If somebody were to say it to me, I'd be like, eh. yeah. maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But see, that's the thing. A lot of people don't know if they're actually good at sex, you know, because majority of the time people lie, you know? So, well, I mean, how, as a client, how would you necessarily know if your client is telling the truth or not? I mean, you would assume they'll be honest, but let's be honest, not a lot of people are honest. In I that. think they are when they finally come to me, they're at a point where they know something's not working or they know there's something deeper within them that, that they can't access because there's things holding them back from their past. So I think by the time people come and talk to me, they're at that point where they want to do something about it for whatever reason or whatever they're experiencing or not experiencing. So I think they're pretty open. And I can go to an expo and be standing there talking to people and people share their deepest, darkest secrets to me in within two minutes of meeting me and share things with me that they've never told anybody else. So it's just like it's almost like I'm the catalyst for that to happen and people feel very comfortable. So I don't think they lie because if we go through the coaching process and things aren't shifting, I'm I'm constantly, you know, I've got got their their background, which I probe, but I'm continually probing. And if I, I can intuit if something's not quite right, I'll, I'll dig because it's like, well, you're paying me all this money. Let's let's get to the root cause and the problem and sort it out. So, right. yeah. There's no point of coming for that. So um, a lot of people think that when they have, um, when they go through the sex therapy that, well, there's a lot of rumors saying that, you know, the therapist ends up usually having sex to figure it out. Is that is that a lie? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a good that conduct, big, right? big lie. And if you're having sex with your client, then uh, you're breaking a lot of boundaries there. So, you know, that is not the case. There can be, um, I know in the States they have um, sex surrogacies. Um, that's not here in Australia, um, but it has to be very specific. 
Um, and I don't know if there's that many people that are actually doing that. But no, that's not sex therapy in my sessions. Everyone's clothed. Um, if I have someone in my session in my room here and I need to do physical work with them, um, then yes, we do that. But I'm clothed and I'm I'm not naked at all. They're not touching me. So it's like yeah. one-way touch thing. And that could be for something specific. Like I work with men that have... Um, pain, maybe pain or nerve damage in their genitals from, say, having a vasectomy that's gone wrong or they've got um, a specific thing. And so I get there and I break the adhesions down So I'm and, and doing physical work on them. But I've developed a system for people that aren't in my area that I can work with, um, that I can guide them through doing things. And it's just a quicker result if I'm working on them. And the same with women, if they have internal pain when they're having intercourse, I get rid of that pain as well. So... Mm. In those instances, if they're local and they're open, then yes, I'll work on them physically. But if they're not, I've got I sort of navigated over the years. How can we do this for people that can't get to me? Because you know that's a big problem for a lot of women. Yeah, well, most definitely it is a big problem for a lot of women, and I think um, just exposing the truth, like you said, that sometimes people realize that something's deeper is going on not just something physical like a surgery or you know something of that nature you know it's something like trauma traumatic that's causing their their sexual intercourse or sexual interactions and romances with other people just not where they want it to be you know and i think it's okay for people to speak about that and be honest about that because you know sex is so personal you know sex is so personal and it's supposed to be so um, a beautiful thing you know it's it's supposed yeah. to be a beautiful thing and it's sad that it's it turned into something perverted and disgusting and inappropriate you know in reality when you have two consenting adults that know what they're doing or at least they have that same frame of mind you know yeah. what i mean it becomes something truly truly beautiful and i think it sucks that so many people have perverted this. I mean, what do you think about when young children, they go to porn instead of talking to somebody else? You know, yeah, what, what is um, what is your opinion on that? Oh, don't even get me started. Um, no, I'm getting I'm you started. started. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get my soapbox. Uh, please also interrupt me if I go too fast because Aussies tend to talk a bit fast. <laughs> um, look, porn is the bugbear. Unfortunately, you know, we have such ready access to the internet now that porn is so easily available. And, yes, young kids are getting on and looking at porn. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the problem with this is um, porn is um, not how we do sex. It's how a lot of people think we do sex. But that is not how we actually do sex because it's showing it creates massive disconnection. And so, you know, we have teenagers are going along, you know, having getting sexual quite early and they're mimicking things that they see on porn. And then the girls sort of go, oh, well, I suppose this is what you do and they do it, but they're not feeling good in themselves because they just don't know any other way. So porn has a lot to answer for in how they're, they're not educating in the correct way. And they're creating a massive, it's a, just a massive industry where they're making obviously lots of money. Um, yes. But it's just, it's it just, yeah, I mean, I work with a lot of a lot of people, a lot of men who have, have porn addictions. Yeah. Um, and just teaching people how to connect to themselves so that they can t- connect with somebody that they're in a relationship with to have 
a better level on quality of sex and quality of intimacy because the majority, in fact, everybody that I work with, is usually there's a disconnection in their world in some way. Yeah. And how that plays out in their sexual experience, you know, in their head checked out and if they've come from um, trauma or sexual abuse, then that's that really gets in the way as well. So, um, yeah, porn has a lot to answer for. 100%. No, so that's why it's important that I get out there and educate and speak to as many people as I can and work with as many clients as I can because I'm 100% about education mm-hmm. and teaching people that there is a different way to connect sexually and intimately with somebody. So I guess leading up to my next question is when is the <laughs> appropriate time to actually speak to young people about this you know there's because it's a big debate you know it's it's a big debate to tell well, when to talk to your children about sex do you wait until after puberty do you, do you tell them before i mean the the spectrum is so wide what is your opinion on that pauline look i think like anything you wait till they start asking and having curiosity it's like when a baby is just having breast milk you introduce food to them when they like soft, mushy food, when they start following and looking and watching what you're doing, you know, that's then when you start introducing them to solids. So I think it's like anything, once they start asking questions and answering at an age appropriate way as well, I think unfortunately now, you know, we're hearing about it with kids in school in their books and uh, that, that, that they can get that are so sexually explicit for young children. It's it's like, and I know it's happening in the States and I know it's happening here in Australia. It's it's just, it's not appropriate. They don't need to know that information at that age. Correct, correct. And I think you hit it on the nail when you said age appropriate because when you speak to an 18-year-old or a 16-year-old, you're not going to speak to them the same way that you're going to speak to a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old who are curious, you know? So I think people do need to take that into consideration when they're speaking about sex and paying attention to their surroundings. One of the biggest things that I've noticed is that people are very explicit and very open about their sex sexual life that they don't recognize who's listening and who's watching and usually it's the children who are around yeah and it's it's crazy to think that these adults they don't recognize their their own partake in what's going on into their child's life until it becomes real serious you know but i guess how long do you i mean you know what is it when do you wait till it becomes serious? You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, it's it's, it's a navigation. Child child raising on any level is a navigation, and this is just another one that's in there. So I think it's really up to the parents of you know watching their kids and being aware of what they're doing, where they're going, what what they're getting up to in their you know downtime. Because I know that what the kids are getting up to is getting younger and younger and younger. Um, and a lot of it's derived from from how they've viewed porn or that how that has influenced them. So it's really important to get in the schools to get some proper sex education. That's one of my passions, which I'm sort of trying to work towards, but it's it's hard to get into the school system to to teach around consent and boundaries and all those sorts of things, which are so important. Yeah. And even my adults don't understand consent and boundaries. So I think it's 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 got to start with us to have that education, have that knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the way that you said that down. because, 
yeah, once we as adults have that understanding and we implement it in our lives, it truly does make a difference. Um, mm. So I guess my next question is, if you, if it's not too personal, I guess, what would be like the biggest encounter that you deal with as a sex therapist? Okay, so the main things that I work with is uh, for women, loss of libido, not orgasming at all, only orgasming occasionally. Um, they, they would be like the three, I guess, physical sexual things and sort of knowing that some of the women will know that there's some sort of a wall up for them to tap into their sort of, you know, inner sexiness, you know. So it comes down to connection, self-worth yeah. and self-love and value and those sorts of things. So why my work is so successful is because I'm also working with the mindset, doing working with the NLP and sort of combining all of that in with, with my other certifications, which is Tantra and sexological body work, and I'm trauma-trained as well. So it weaves in together, but they're the sort of the key things. And then, of course, clearing the past stuff, you know, the emotions that are getting in the way and the beliefs that are getting in the way of them having that um, sexual experience in life that they want with their partner or if they're on their own so that they can clear things so that they can feel ready to be with a partner. I work a lot with individuals as well. And then with men, it's sort of like predominantly with men, it can be um, erectile function. Um, on all aspects, you know, not not main, not getting it or maintaining, and then then you know, um, um, premature ejaculation is there as well, and then working with the problems that they have with with prostate problems and um, uh, Peyronie's, which is a disease. Well, it's not really. Well, I don't really know. It's not really a disease, but it's a a, a situation where the penis bends, and so that can be a little problematic. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that I was so. like, to be honest, I thought that happened because uh, the guy just jacked off on that side for too long. So it just bent the, <laughs> bent the penis. <laughs> to be honest, I, I honestly, that's what I thought it was like, oh, so he just no. jacks off too well, much. Well, some, some guys have a natural curve one way or the other. But if a guy hasn't got a curve and then one day he wakes up with a curve, then that's not a good thing. He's got um, Peyronie's. And Peyronie's is, is look, Neurological, um, is it neurological, uh, not neurological, that's the wrong part of the brain, that's the brain. Um, specialists that work in um, bladder and that sort of area, I can't think of the name, it's escaping me right at this minute, but they, they don't really have any answers. Their answer is to chop that little bit off. And so what man wants to have that part of his penis chopped off, any part of his penis? They want their yeah. penis to be realistic here. So it's, yeah. like, it's a good thing to succumb to that. But for some men, they have a lot of pain. Mm. And then if the bend's in a certain way, then it makes it very hard for them to actually have sex, to actually enter into their partner. So, mm. you know, so I've worked with, with men that have had that surgery and it's been a disaster and they've got mm. nerve damage. And so I reverse that nerve damage. That's oh, one wow. of the things that I do. So, um, yeah, so there's the, so that's what the people will come to see me for generally. Um, and then we sort of pull out the other things, you know, or, or maybe that they've had some form of sexual abuse or trauma of some sort and then they know that that's impacting on their sexual expression, which nine times out of ten it is. Yeah. I mean, we, that's... We're clearing that, clearing that trauma and then working through the emotional things and then teaching them how to connect into their bodies so that they yeah. can then 
Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, so I was just saying, so then that they can have the sexual experience and sexual life that they want to have. Okay, I mean, that all makes sense. And to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't hear sex addiction because I feel that a sex therapist would probably deal with a lot of people who have a sex addiction that are, you know, addicted to having sex. But I'm surprised that I didn't hear that. Is that something that you don't really encounter? Actually, when I think about it, no, I haven't. Definitely porn addiction. Okay. Um, I haven't seen anyone that, well we call it sex addiction actually i'm working with someone in the states at the moment and um they have they're young they've had an addiction viagra for way too long um and have erectile function and so their whole body is completely armored to do things in a certain way which isn't which isn't helping so i'm like trying to get them off the viagra teach them new things and just to say, oh, I've woken up with an erection this morning, that's nice, but not actually do anything with it because the response was, I've got an erection, let's have sex, like with the wife. So they're having really crappy sex lives anyway, and it's, and it's like the Viagra is not really doing anything for that person, but at the same time he will still go off and have a special massage. And so he, he so there is a bit of a sex obsession with him, mm. but it, I think it's coming more from a different place. And, and, and yeah. the reality is he, he doesn't want that. He want, It's just the patterning that he's created. He, he just wants to be with his partner. Oh, so wow. is that a sex addiction? addiction? On some levels, yes, it probably is. Yeah. I just look at it as a bit, bit more than that. There's a bit more stuff going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. From your perspective, you're going to most definitely be able to see the bigger picture because you yeah. know how to analyze it and you know what you're looking for and you know what what you're seeing, you know, versus someone like myself that has no training. I, I wouldn't know what exactly and I would it would take me more time versus yourself that you're trained and you, you have that knowledge. So yeah. for you to say it's a bigger picture, I mean, it really is, you know, there's is, you know, well, from what I've studied and what I've heard, sex addiction, you know, has is just one component to something that's bigger that's going on in that person's life, like sexual yeah, abuse. Why and, is that yeah, exactly. It's not just and usually they've stated that they don't want to do it. It's just something that like a pattern, you know, so it's a ha- yeah. it became it becomes a habit. So it's just like, okay. So from here, from your perspective, it just like makes me think about it like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, it's really interesting to see that if you have one perspective of that type of addiction, you can really change your thinking if you just look at the bigger picture. And I think people need to put do that with all the addictions, to be honest, because yeah, all the addictions, yeah, yeah, they they have some type of pattern that led them to that put to that point. And majority of the times, they don't want to they don't want to do it. And it's just and so sometimes hard. it's coming from a very subconscious place. They're not even aware. Like a great example would be a couple I've just finished working with and I, I met them at an expo and um, the next minute she's she's rung me and she's just like a mess and she thought she had the perfect marriage, so the perfect couple, and she yeah. discovered that he was watching porn. And then as it unraveled, it was like he'd been watching porn on, in the secret since she was a teenager. And so their marriage completely imploded. And when I got 
started working with them, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. Like I didn't know, but we saved the marriage. We flipped it and their relationship is more strong and more powerful. And it's almost like you had to have this little glitch to get you to where you are now, connecting on a much higher and deeper place. But it took a lot of work. And he just was not really even aware of it. It was just a habit that he started as a teenager because his older brothers sort of were doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's quite often, um, yeah, so it's just that it's an unconscious habit and it's a pattern. So it's a form of armouring that we do in our in our bodies and we armour our bodies a certain way. If you think about how you orgasm, you know, are you doing it the same way every time? So then you're creating a pattern which sort of blocks so it's about being more fluid in, your, in, in everything and, and opening your body up more to start breaking the patterns and the armour that forms in the body of the expectation of it being like a particular way, if that makes sense. Oh, that, that does make sense. This has been a really interesting conversation, to be honest. I thought it was going to go differently. I did, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. You know, you know where it's going to go. Never, yeah, no, I, didn't, I, I didn't know where it's going to go either. It just depends. But, you know, I'm pretty open to talking about it on, on all aspects. So it's, um, I guess it's what I'm passionate about is is awakening everyone to their full sexual potential. And if people are in a relationship, to have that relationship as something that's really deep and connected and sustainable, that's just going to last the distance, going to last through time. And so everything that I do is about bringing that that connection into a deeper place. So it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's what I'm here to do, without a doubt. <laughs> is that is that why on your website it says um that you're the whisperer in this <laughs> yeah, intimacy, <laughs> the intimacy whisperer. whisperer? I mean, I heard I seen that, and I was like, that is the cutest thing ever because you are changing the way that people are looking about sex. And I think that is something that we need to do. And I think intimacy is the perfect word to choose because it is very intimate. It is very intimate to have, to have that with somebody else. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's that thing of, you know, we can have, general day-to-day intimacy which can be just you know in the house you're doing the dinner together and you're just functioning as a couple together and sitting on the couch at night or sitting at dinner and eating dinner and talking not with the tv on but actually conversing you know um they're things that are that are intimate intimacy building holding hands when you're walking along the street they're they're, they're intimacy intimate intimacy has several levels so you've got that and then you've got the sexual intimacy and it's like Without that deep intimacy, you can't have amazing, mind-blowing sexual connection. You need that plus communication to have that. And, you know, some people go, well, I can have mind-blowing sex, you know, with a one-night stand. It's like, yeah, of course you can, but that's not sustainable. And what I'm working with is something that's going to sustain you and it comes from being able to connect yeah, so someone's having one night stand, having this mind blowing sexual experience on a one night stand. They are not connected at all yeah. to themselves, let alone to the person they're having sex with. So that's the difference, and trying to understand that that there is a different level. That's that's true, and it makes it makes me wonder because you know people say that when you have sex with someone that you're basically giving a part of yourself, you know, that is that is soul time, as some will say. Uh, do you think that's true? I mean, or what is your yeah. opinions on that? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's it's um, it's like we're a portal. 
And so it, it's different for a woman because we're actually receiving a physical part of someone's body inside us. Yeah. So we are taking on their energy and all their stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> all their garbage. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So we have to be able to energetically connect and clear things as well. So to not take that on, but to also be really, um, what's the word? I guess mindful of who you're going to connect with. And so I think more and more now people as they're getting older are like, well, we've done that, the wild sexual exploration. I know for myself I have. It's like that just does not serve me anymore. And I'd rather, I don't want to be, but I'd rather be single, single, non-sexual with somebody for five years or ten years, if it means that it's not the right person that, that I'm going to have this this connection with, a deeper spiritual connection with, yeah. I'd rather just go. No, it's okay. I know how to look after myself and 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 physically in that department. I don't need that. So I'd yeah. rather be much more um, selective. Yes, for that yes, reason. And I think a lot of older people are starting to do that, move into that more, more and more because they're, they're realizing that that sort of type of sexual connection and relationship is just not working for them anymore. So it's like oh, they have to be something different. Yeah, correct. I, I, I absolutely agree. And I think it ties up to my next question is when you hear that these younger generations are having like poly relationships, how does, I mean, what do you feel about that? I mean, your face kind of just said it all, you know, sorry for the people who are just listening to the audio, but you're just missing out on this beautiful face reaction right now. But Pauline, please tell me, tell me what you think. Oh, look, you know, it's a hard one, polyamory. I have never come across a poly relationship that is perfect where there's not problems and where there's not jealousies that do arise eventually. It might start off perfect, but it doesn't end that way. So that's just my personal experience and my uh, my viewpoint um, of my observation. Now, there could be some people that come in and say, we have a threesome and we've been perfect for five years. I think they're rare. Yeah. I think I they're very rare. I really don't know. I mean, it'd be good to maybe do a, I could do a, a, a poll on that one or something, you know, if you're in a polyamorous relationship, would you like to enter this survey? <laughs> um, but my experience, because I danced around the edges of polyamory like many, 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 many years ago, um, and I was just like, no, you're not just sleeping with the man, you've got to deal with the wife or the, the long-term girlfriend, and it got, like, messy, and I'm like, you know what, I don't need that. I'll just walk away. Thank you very much. But you know, yeah. it's not taking on one person's stuff and their potential drama without taking on the extended other parties. And it can seem all very nice at the beginning, but it just, it just, I think it just ends up messy. No, I, I agree. I think it is a hot mess. And brave souls are the people who enter into those relationships because that's not my 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 cup of tea. I couldn't do that. But, but it um, comes down to choice, and everyone's okay to have that choice. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the important things is when you meet someone is asking them very clearly before you right. go, you know, when you start that getting to know someone, what's your idea of a relationship? Do you want to be in a relationship, and what does that look like for you? 
Because if you meet someone and there's a connection and they go, well, I want to be in a relationship but I'm polyamorous and I have one girlfriend already or I've got two lovers but I love this connection I'd like to explore that, then you can go, actually, thank you, but no, that doesn't work for me. I, I definitely know I want to be in a monogamous relationship. Right. But it's that thing of being honest up front and I don't think a lot of people are honest up front and I don't think a lot of people ask the right questions. Right. And then they might find out later and go, oh, my God. And he's like, well, I didn't think to tell you or whatever it is. Or it could be the other way around. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. So it's about getting really clear. You know, many, many, like I'm talking like a decade ago, I had several lovers, but I was very clear with them when I met, when I met them and connected with them. I said, I just want this to be something casual. I want to have other lovers. I have other lovers. This is my boundaries. Um, condoms with all partners. Um, that was my boundaries. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. If they weren't, they went away, and that was fine. Mm. And I, I didn't do that for very long, but it was for a very short period. But it was a cre- about creating agreements, yeah, being really clear, specific. Boundaries. Yeah. So that's when you create that boundary, then everyone's happy. But if you don't have that conversation at the beginning, then it, it's it's not fair on the other person. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not fair for yourself or for the other person because mm. there's no point of hiding things in the dark when in reality it's going to get exposed either way. You know, might as well just be upfront about it. But I guess to start wrapping up the show before it cuts us off, I know this has been such a great conversation. I There's so many things I can talk to you and just pick your brain about. Believe me, I keep every time you keep talking about something, I'm like, oh, but how about this and this and this and this? And my yeah. mind is just popping little, like, thinking bubbles, like, all of these things I'm thinking about. And it's truly, truly fascinating. Sex therapy yeah. and everything that you've been saying has been truly um, interesting to me. And I guess to start, Lee, um, fully wrapping up, what would be some lasting words that you can leave off with my audience who may be listening today and just are curious? In what aspect? Like, um, you know, the knowledge of sex, because let's be honest, if you're looking up sex therapy in some type of way, you want to seek a professional to actually guide you to, to what is right and what is wrong and what's going on within your body. So as a professional, what, what would you leave my audience off with today? Well, I think um, if you if you've got a, a niggle or a very big awareness that something's not working for you in your sex life, whatever that is, whether you're not orgasming, you're just not interested, but your partner is, or there's just some imbalance in your relationship around sex, or you're single, to seek out somebody to work with, I think is really important to check them out, check out their profile, especially if people are calling themselves tantric teachers because unfortunately tantra is an unregulated industry and there's what i call a lot of tantric cowboys out there in fact i just met one the other day here um that ran a workshop and i was just like no you're not trauma trained you've got no idea about boundaries and she was doing boundary work and i was just going oh my god so really check the person out i've got a website it's got full disclosure on all my modalities and trainings and certifications that I do. So check that out to see what they're talking is actually matching what their qualifications are because I still think qualifications mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's very important. 
and have a conversation. If they, if you can't have a free chat with them, you know, I offer a free chat, 15 minutes. Usually if it's somebody overseas, it ends up being a bit longer because we're on a Zoom um, rather than the or Facebook phone, you know, call. Um, then, you know, you have a chat to see first off what's going on for the person and then I always look at, well, you know, there's, there's definitely some things there that we need to unpack a little bit more, so let's book in a proper paid consult and go from there. And from there I can, like, really dig down, dig below to all those, you know, they're telling me the surface stuff and I'm going to, like, dig down below to get to all those underlying core issues. Mm-hmm. And then I can go, okay, well, this is what I think we need to do and I'll design the program specifically for them that, that, that relates. So I think do your due diligence and check the person out fully follow your gut because there are a lot of, um, you know, there's a few dodgy, there's definitely dodgy people out there, especially in the tantric world, you know. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, it's funny that you brought that up because that's another topic that I wanted to ask you, but I don't got time. So that is very interesting. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because people need to think about that and people need to realize just because you put a fancy word in front of a worker or a whisperer or a guru you know doesn't mean that they're actually going to know what you're doing and sometimes it leaves you traumatized or you could be joining a call you know one of the two (laughs) you never know i just want to um i wrote a book so i just want to show you that it's called empowered conscious sexuality from prude to pleasure and i love an endorsement that one of my girlfriends put on there and 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 she just sort of said pauline's a real deal in a in a sea of often dodgy and ungrounded characters in the sex education world (laughs) and I just thought yeah that completely nails it because I'm very grounded I've got my feet on the ground I'm aware I'm awake I'm I'm spiritual as well but I'm grounded at the same time so I can I I intuit a lot as well as as being able to dig down and pull out the actual thing so um yeah I think that's the biggest tip that I can do is you know do your homework before you reach out perfect and if you guys do want to find Pauline directly, please go on my website. I have her lovely photo on there. You can click directly on her, on her sites so that you can learn more and do your due diligence and find a way to really heal that intimacy that you are lacking and that you are needing that, that wholeness, you know, because sometimes you can go through the whole self-help journey and then get right stuck and dab and thrown in the back just because you didn't face the sexuality that's going inside of you that really does affect you bigger, bigger, bigger ways than what we are, what we know. And luckily I had Pauline, she dabbed into a little bit of it and man, I'm going to have to have you back on my show because there's oh, so much more. We're going to have to have sex therapy point two, <laughs> volume two or something because it has been truly amazing speaking to you. I'm going to have to write up Thank so you. many new questions. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, that's it. That's our show. Y'all y'all be safe. Stay and stay safe. And always, always keep thinking y'all. Bye. Thank you.